From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more corner pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hutch of Andy and Corey Who Clark. Who run? Who run? Who run? These boys ain't running. Run it. y'all now, cause the first haters step the first Wake up! What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Jam presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Coming up on today's show, Victory Monday, celebrating a nine-win season with 10 perhaps on the horizon after a huge 45-38 win over the Gators uh, and going through winners from this past week. Wake Up War Jam presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Check them on out. 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. daily lunch specials. It's Monday, Victory Burger time. Build your own burger Half-pound black Angus burger cooked to your delight and served with a choice of straight fries, curly fries, onion rings, potato salad, broccoli, side salad, tater tots, or or freshly cooked potato chips. It's all over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Check them on out. CP Tally Bar is the website.com, of course. Warchant.com, Ultimate Semble Sports Source. It's only $10 American to join for an entire year. Join now. So you can be ready for Florida State's run for a college football playoff next year. It's only $10. Get on it now. Thumbs up. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're listening to us on YouTube. And uh, maybe give us a five-star rating and subsequent review. Corner Pocket also home to some shenanigans on Saturday. How'd you fare there, Corey, amongst the spectacular celebrations? Uh, I was nice, man. I bought champagne for everyone. Mm. So that's what I did. I I felt it was – we had a lot of people show up for that. A lot more than I – I thought, um, and uh, like I, you know, I just thought it was a goofy thing that we'd put on the on the channel. I didn't know people would actually show up for it, but yeah, uh, I don't know, fifty or sixty people did. Um, I think anyway, or maybe they were just there at eleven thirty at CP because it's a fun place to be. That could be it too. That's right. But either way, um, yeah, man, that was awesome. It was, uh, and so Jeff had the best keg stand. And Gene had the uh, uh, the really? best beer funnel. He dominated he, I Ira. Heard he you, vacuumed it, man. It was incredible. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it's on it's on the YouTube channel, everyone. Yeah. If you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll back a few, go to the live video section, and it's right there. A lot of people have already seen it, yeah. um, which is crazy. You guys are the best. You guys are nuts. But uh, yeah, we hey, they 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 made a promise. Promises made, promises kept. Yep, that's what we do at War Chant. That's what we do at War Chant. Uh, Tom, Eric Angel did a keg stand because he's the one that originated the idea that if they win their last five games that Tom and Jeff should do a keg stand, and they they obliged. So, uh, yeah, it was a good time had by all, man. It's a good time had by all. And I just I thought it was a nice touch, Aslan. If, if everybody remembers the hijinks from last year, me dumping champagne on myself in mock celebration because the team wasn't going to go winless. That's where we were last Late September. Yeah. Like legitimately, oh my gosh, they won a game. Let's go celebrate like idiots. They're not going to go winless this year. Um, they beat Syracuse. They're now one and four. And then to fast forward 14 months, and they just beat their rival to finish nine and three. So I was like, you know what? Instead of dumping champagne on myself, I'm going to pass it out and we're all going to toast uh, the 2022 Florida State football team. And that's what we did. Who says a rebuild needs to be slow from uh, five wins and nine wins, possibly doubling it if you win your bowl game, which we won't know officially until Sunday. Throughout the week, I'm sure we'll see some more projections on the bowls. But let's get to the game from Friday night. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, Black Friday was uh, splendid for the Knowles. 45-38 win over the Gators. I don't know, Corey, best game, I mean, period since 2003 in this rivalry, the most competitive game since 2006. I'm sure people were obviously, judging by the Tribal Council, were very nervous throughout the game. I think a lot of us had projected a, a Florida State blowout. I know you did not. Uh, but the fact of the matter that it was so nip and tuck, ultimately you you win the game so you can enjoy it. But uh, so much to kind of unpack. But just ultimately the fact that they, they scored 45 on that surprised any of us. Maybe the fact that Florida scored 38 was. But um, there's no beauty contest in this game, man. Get the dub. Uh, they did. What a what an incredible night! I know Jordan Travis is doing Jordan Travis things, um, and just you know the defense made a stop when they had to. I don't know everything else in between. Where you want to start, friend? Uh, yeah, let's start with Travis um, again. That's I think when you look back at this season, um, that is going to be the uh, lead paragraph that's written about the 2022 Florida State football team as the quarterback. Um, he took a leap that I don't think any of us thought was possible. My man Dilly Dilly did. 
By the way, congrats to him. He's now the head coach at Arizona State. That's nuts. Not nuts that he's the head coach. He's just so young. And two years ago, he was coaching a team that went three and six and couldn't score on many people. And now he's the head coach at Arizona State. Did a great job at Oregon. Good luck to him. But he, he's like the only coach that really talked with a ton of confidence about Jordan Travis's potential that we talked to early on in Jordan's career. Right. From, you know, Willie to Kendall. And then, uh, you know, and then to, to Kenny. Kenny was the one that was effusive in his praise for him. And then, but even then, I don't even know if Dilly Dilly could have seen this coming. I don't know that anybody knew this leap was coming. And he became one of the, I don't know, again, I, I, who's better? Caleb Williams at USC, got it. Bryce Young at Alabama. Hinton Hooker probably at Tennessee. Anyone else? I don't. I don't know. Nobody jumps to mind. I mean, CJ Stroud is CJ Stroud. Yeah. So yeah. they're they're the four. Hooker probably. Those three definitely. Um, now you could also argue. Yeah, CJ Stroud gets to throw to top five picks. Uh, that's fun, and, and and you know that's pretty cool. And it, it behind a great offensive line with like NFL offensive linemen. But either way, um, Jordan Travis is not. It's not absurd to say he's in that. He's in that grouping. He's not as good as those guys, but he's right there, man. Uh, and I didn't even think that was possible. And I think when you look at this season, in that game in particular, man, that to me was a guy that's like, I'm not letting my team lose. I mean, those plays were nuts. He had guys bouncing off him. Like he's uh, like Bo Jackson. Like one of the, the, the one scramble he had, the one that'll be run forever in Florida State lore when he avoided the three sacks. When he's running, he doesn't even try to like he. He's running so hard, I guess, or has so much confidence in himself, he doesn't even try to shake one of the tacklers. He just runs knowing he's going to bounce off him. I, I, like he's, again, like he's Bo Jackson, like he's our Dalvin Cook. Like, I'm not worried about him. He's about to bounce off me. He can't tackle me. And, and then, you know, just uh, some unbelievable highlight plays from a kid that had a great season. And I thought that was really cool for him to finish his, his season like that. Hopefully not his career like that, but his season like that, beating the Gators and having – um, just a remarkable game. Yeah, I wonder when he'll get the national recognition because watching the Southern Cal Notre Dame game on Saturday night, that dude's wearing 13 and he is just winning all over Twitter, just nationally, everybody gushing over him. And I'm like, you know, if you guys were watching football the night pre previously, the kid in Tallahassee was doing the same stuff pretty much. Yeah, uh, but he doesn't kind of get that sort of uh, the, the same recognition. Obviously, the team's a little bit different parts of the journey, or at least uh, where they're at in the polls. But uh, what an all-time game, uh, and maybe again one of the all-time what an all-time performance rather one of the all-time games in this rivalry uh, with the way Jordan played. Thirteen for thirty, whatever, uh, two hundred seventy yards through the air and a touchdown, and then he ran for eighty-three yards and two scores. Um, you know, Trey Benson continues to run pretty well. Uh, I mean, I know he had that 45-yard run, which kind of maybe inflates the stats. He maybe didn't look as good as we anticipated, but, again, they run for over 200 yards again. So that's, what, seven straight times, Corey? When was the last time yeah. that happened? 1987. Jeez. The start of the dynasty. All right. All right. Feels pretty good. Feels pretty good. You know, good. just normal stuff happening here in Tallahassee, man. You know, just normal everyday stuff going on here. And, and you know, for me, Corey – I'm sure a lot of people might disagree with this. They they would have rather seen Florida State win 45-0, 45-10. Uh, you know, for me, I talked about wanting to kind of see like a real true test again for this team. I wanted to see them kind of have to face adversity. I know that sounds weird, everybody, but listen, like the last four weeks was was like being on your honeymoon. Like what can – of course it's going to be great. You're on your honeymoon. Everything's mm. peaches and cream. It's Everything's great. You're away from home. You're doing whatever you want to do. You're doing whatever you want to do to the opponent. You're, you're running whatever plays you want. You're running Philly special against Syracuse because their defensive tackle ran his mouth, and you're like, no, we're not going to let that abide. We're not going to let that happen on our watch. So I needed to really see them kind of go, you know, not be able to bully somebody for once. And, and Florida responded. It was a little bit nervous, maybe a little too close – uh, more so than I wanted, but I think, you know, I'd said to myself, you know, win or lose, the way they played against Florida, man, I'm like, man, if they're going to give it, I, I, give them the extension. I know it's going to oh. happen. Give them the extension. Pay when he wants. Even if they were to lose that game, I, I assure you I was saying the same tune because just the way they played. I know defensively it wasn't great at times, but, man, they made stops when they had to, and this offense just continues to look uh, quite remarkable. I mean, what did you think about the overall 
nature of the game, it being so back and forth, did that show or prove anything, or is there anything to take away from a, a game of that nature when it's a rivalry, uh, when it's close fought? I, th- I think so. I, I think, again, the, the biggest issue I had with this team this year is the runs they would allow. Um, and I've talked about it a lot, but, the, you know, the 28 nothing run Wake went on, the 27 nothing run that Clemson went on in, like, the span of six minutes, where you just – there were no plays that answered it. You, you got punched and got knocked down, and it took you a long time to get back up. Well, this one you got punched a couple of times, and you hopped back up. Um, I, I loved the way they came out in the third quarter. Um, and just kind of, it was weird that Florida stopped running the ball, but you took advantage of that. Um, you the kid, the kid started like whatever he started five of ten for 150 yards. Hey, cover the white kid, everyone. He's the only guy he's going to. He's the only good wide receiver. And I can't remember his name. That's Ricky, why I identified him as that. that. Ricky Pearsall. I only Pearsall. know that because it's right in front of my face. Okay, there you go. So Pearsall, you knew he's the he was the second leading receiver on the team. You knew he was the only guy that he trusted. You can't get beat for two long touchdowns by that I guess you can because you did but so that happens that's very very disappointing and it was the kind of stuff I was worried about but then you answered and you didn't let Florida ever get control of the game they were in a they were in a point they were in a spot where they could have gotten control of the game coming out of halftime and then you got a three and out your first one of the day and then you got another one and then you got another one that was really good to see as you dominated the third quarter but then you give up 14 straight points, right, Aslan? Mm-hmm. You, you, that's not great. You, they score to make it 38-31. You have your only three and out of the day because, of course, why wouldn't you? Gets a little tight. Things get a little tight. Then the next drive, they go down and score again, hit a 50-yard run. Now, all of a sudden, it's tied. And what does Florida State do? They march right down the field again and take the lead. That's the thing I hadn't seen from this team in games like this. That was what I wanted to see. It's what I wanted to see from the defense in the third quarter, Obviously, the defense was not great there at the end. But, hey, they got a stop, didn't they? In the final minute, they got that stop. And they got it twice, I thought. I thought they got it twice. You know, that was a really ticky-tack pass interference. And then they come back and get a stop a few moments later. But that drive, 38-38, the, the catch by Johnny Wilson on third down, probably maybe the – I guess you'd say the Louisville ones are, are a little bit bigger. That's about as big a catch as he's ever made in his life especially after having a not very good, not a good game at all, actually. Um, he dropped a touchdown pass. He dropped another first down throw. He was not good. And he's, you know, he's banged up, as Norvell talked about afterwards. But he dropped a couple of very catchable passes. And then for him in that moment to make that play, to get that drive going again, and then you score two or three, four plays later, whatever it is, to go take the lead, that's great for that kid. It's, awesome just a, it's also just a great response for a football team that, like you said, had proven so much this year, but had not proven it could counter when it got punched, and they did, and that was really that was really cool to see. That I, I think you're right. I you know part of me was like, yeah, you would have liked sixty to six better, just completely humiliate and annihilate them. But I think maybe we learn more about the nature of this team and maybe what it has coming back by answering the call in a in a in an environment like that in a pressure packed situation like that, right? Mm-hmm. And you know. So let's maybe pivot to defense then, I guess, because that was maybe it's the way you allowed those 38 points. I don't know if anyone's ever going to be happy with a 38 point effort from their defense, but it was some of those long runs they popped off, some of those long pass plays they popped off, which we had not seen Florida State do here recently, and was something that kind of had reared their head earlier, not even really this season, but in previous seasons uh, under Adam Fuller. Um, how do you assess the play of the defense? I mean, ultimately, you made the stops when you had to, but there were some, some big-time busts. Uh, but, I mean, I just think on the whole, man, that it's a rivalry game, and I know people don't want to hear it. And, again, I was I said I thought Florida State was going to win something like 41-17, to 17, so I did not foresee Florida going for 460 yards uh, and all these big, huge chunk plays they ripped off. But I watched a lot of football on Saturday, man. You know, I saw Michigan totally snatch Ohio State's soul yeah. at home. So How about that? I'm I'm not going to be I'm not going to be all that critical. Although I'm sure people want us to be quite critical of the defense. I don't know like how to diplomatically talk about it because I understand like the frustration. But like when you know you have a really good offense, not that you're you're allowing them to score, but like man, they they were built to win a game like this and they won it. Yeah, and it kind of so say Jordan comes back next year and all the other offensive guys come back. Uh, you get either however you want to look at. It. I know I know three of the guys that started on the offensive line were seniors because Turnantine started, but. You get Darius back. 
you get Robert Scott back, you get Maurice Smith back, and you get some other guys back, I'm sure. Um, that, that, so you're going to have a good offensive line next year, we think, because you're going to have Alex Atkins as your coach, we think. And the offense as a whole should again be, if that quarterback's call, calling the shots, should be one of the best in the United States. You need a good, you need, if you just have a good defense, a solid defense, with the way this offense played in the last five games, you should be one of the, you should be a top 10, top 12 team. That's how good I think the offense can be next year if the pieces that need to come back come back. Preseason. That, You're like preseason, preseason right? that's what, yeah. but I also think regular season, I just think, yeah, well, that no, schedule, you'll start there. I think you'll start there, and then you can climb, if you will. Oh, yeah, sure. That's what I'm saying. I, I, but I think that I, I would be um, not surprised at all if they become a top 10. That, that offense is going to be elite. It already is elite. And if they come back for another year, um, better, bigger, more confident, all that stuff. So I love what the offense did clearly in that game. The defense, and again, I don't want to concentrate too much on it because, again, yeah, we're not, we can't be picking nits and hand-wringing after you just beat your rival 45-38, it was an awesome game. Um, let the Florida fans worry about their defense and talk smack about their defense all offseason. That was a bad performance at a bad time, but a couple of things. Number one, the touchdown run at the end when it's 38-31. You're on your third or fourth string safety who completely chooses the wrong gap because he hasn't played a real live rep in, I don't know, a year and a half? Like, Sidney Williams is not supposed to be in the game in that moment. But Shaheem Brown got hurt. Akeem Dent was clearly something was up with him because he didn't play. Um, he played, like, one kickoff return, and that was a wrap. So I don't know if he got hurt on the kickoff return or what happened there, but he didn't play at all. He was not available. And then, you, you know, so Sidney Williams in the game. Kevin Knowles even played some safety. Like, they were really struggling at safety. So I give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that they were having communication issues before that run. As you can see them, they're all kind of confused. Well, that might have to do with, you know, having a guy that hasn't played in a year on the field, and then he, you know, he takes the wrong angle and, and bad things happen. And the second Pearsall touchdown, I'm not going to call you white kid anymore. I know your name now, Pearsall. I should know your name. You had a great game. Um, that's just a great throw. Yeah. I don't, I mean, Kevin Knowles, it's not like he just let him run by him. Kevin Knowles was really right there and dove and, and just missed out. the ball. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, it was incredible it's, effort. And it's, it's a great throw. It's a really nice catch. It's pretty darn good coverage. Just, you know, that's the guy made a great throw. He's got an arm. And if he throws it where he's supposed to, it's hard to defend. The first touchdown really bothers me. Yeah. I, I just, what, why did that happen? That's the stuff I was talking about against Clemson. It's like, what, how does that happen? You just can't give them busted coverages. You just can't give them wide open plays. Um, that in that Florida State had been so good about that in the last month, really all year. But again, as I pointed out before the game, what gave me pause is anytime they played an offense with a pulse, it kind of looked a little bit like that, didn't it? Yeah. When yeah, it had yeah. a decent quarterback um, and it had an offense that could move the ball and had some confidence, they were going to give up in the neighborhood of thirty points. Yeah. And that's people exactly got upset what they about did. that. People got really upset about that. They got upset. It's crazy because you talked about it. They got upset at me about it. But um, I thought it was a fair point you made. It it, it took wind out of my sails. Uh, but again, you know, you scored forty five points, so it didn't matter as much. Yeah, and and so, but overall, man, yeah, the the defense. I love the fact that um, again we can hand ring about it. Um, the the biggest problem, honestly, was you just got dominated the line of scrimmage, um, and that's not really what can Fuller do about that. I mean, you just got pushed out of the way, man. I mean, that's a good offensive line. It's probably the best one you faced. Some freaking running backs. Low mercy. The there. running backs are good. Those linemen are mean, and they're nasty, and they're big, and they block to the echo of the whistle, and you just kind of got dominated up front. But at the end of the game, let's not lose sight of which defense got the stand and which defense didn't. And even on their, you know, they had, you know, I think Malcolm Ray was on the field the majority of that uh 19 that, snaps, uh, yeah. yeah 19 but snaps. I think a lot, he was on the field a lot there yes, at the end. Yes. Um, you know, Verse wasn't on the field much. Peyton was. Leonard Warner was. McClellan, who had, I don't know if he had played a meaningful rep all season, Aslan. Which, by the way, uh, I mean, I don't know. Retroactively, can we mention, like, you, you know, uh, Leonard wasn't practicing this week, and then he was kind of thrust into duty. So, uh, Jarquez, yeah, I mean, he. I mean, he played 30 against Louisiana and played 25 against – yeah, I mean, he, he did not play – he played two reps against LSU, two against Miami. 
Um, you know, and then every other game, that was a blowout too, though. But, I mean, he right. was the only close sort of game he played in was LSU, two snaps. Everything else, Boston College, he played 22 snaps. That was a blowout. 25 against Tech, blowout. Two against Miami, blowout. 13 against Cuse, blowout. 30 against Louisiana, blowout. Right. And then he has to, like, hey, man, this is do or die right here. So it, so he's in the game in that moment. Um, and, and Norvell said afterwards he didn't practice all week either. He had something, he, he had an injury too, so he hadn't practiced really all week. Uh, and I'm sure they didn't think that would be a big deal. It's like, oh, Pac-Man, that's his nickname, can't practice. Well, when is he going to play anyway unless we're up by 30? But in that moment, um, number one, I, I just thought it was, I mean, he might have tugged him a little bit with his right arm, but he was right where he was supposed to be. Yeah. Like that to me, I even I think I said it in the press box. Like, because they, they showed the, 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 the end zone view of the play. And he saw what receiver he was supposed to have. I think it was the tight end, actually. And he makes a beeline to him from his spot, which is about 20 yards away. He makes a beeline to exactly where he's supposed to go. And I was saying to myself, man, that's a pretty well-coached defense with the kid that probably doesn't expect to ever play in that moment. Knows to match up right then with the right person, and he's right there. And I think he just probably panicked a little bit to make it look like interference. But let's go, gang. That was not that that should not have been called. I think if it was near the Florida State sideline, it would not have been called. But it was. But then my man goes and has the biggest pass breakup of his career five plays later on a pass down to like the five-yard line. He's right there helping sandwich the receiver and knock the ball out of his hands. Like that's cool that he had a moment. He almost intercepted it. That he had a moment like that too, um, because yeah, you, it, you know, th this program is not where we hope it's going to be in terms of talent and depth and everything else. But it's cool for a kid like that to have a moment in a game like that. Um, and the defense did come up with the stop when it absolutely had to, and that was cool to see. Sports betting is intense enough; you shouldn't need to sweat your payouts. My bookie's got a no strings bonus that lets you cash in and cash out quick when you use the promo code WarChant. On your deposit of $50 or more, you can receive up to a $200 in-cash match instantly to your MyBookie account. Using the bonus is simple. Bet the deposit amount once, and then you're ready to cash out. It's no strings attached with MyBookie. And it is intense betting. You shouldn't have to sweat payouts. You also shouldn't have to sweat out, you know, actual picks. Shout out to Aslan this week. Two for one. I gave you two dogs. They won straight up, America. Missouri plus three and a half, they won. Uh, Nebraska, nine and a half, they were getting. We didn't need it. Huskers won. They got Matt Rule, too. Interesting. We'll see how that goes. I uh, did not get the over, though, on the Commonwealth Cup with Kentucky and Louisiana. Can't win them all. Corey went one for two. He still has a one-game lead on me as we go into championship week. Ohio State, North Carolina did not come through for him, but he was really confident on that Cal pick. You're going to give the Golden Bears 10? You're going to give the Golden Bears 10. Easy money. Corey and I will return for a last round of picks later on this week. Don't know if it'll be winter Wednesday or not. But in the meantime, check out MyBookie for all your sports betting needs. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. And use that promo code WARCHANT over at MyBookie.ag. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Actually, real quick here, Corey, before we do pivot to some sort of bigger picture thoughts, I guess maybe this would have maybe it would have entered the bigger picture thoughts, but shout out, Ryan Fitzgerald. Okay. Um, you know. It's a big kick he made, man. It's a big kick yeah. to give them the lead in that moment. That's a big kick he made after especially after shanking the the, the easier one in the in the first half. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna have to go I mean they probably should go recruit another kicker. But I like the way Mike Mike was coaching a game like it was 2006. He's like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna kick the field goal. Did mm. we punt the ball at all? 
Twice. Yeah, a couple, uh, yeah, yeah. A couple times. Right. Yeah. He sent out the punt unit. It was crazy. It was great. It's good to see that sort of stuff. It's cool to ask those kind of questions, right? Like, wait, did we ever punt? <laughs> no, right. That's it's cool to have a to be able. And again, I think we'll go. I do want to say micro for a second. Speaking of the kickers, um, but it it is remark. I just want to say real quick how remarkable it is what this offense has become. Because after, as I said many times before the season started, like that's all I wanted to see is the improvement in the offense. I thought the defense would be about like this, um, solid, okay against good teams, and it kind of was. I you know had some. Warts, but it also had some great moments too. But um, but looking at that offense and just it, it it took like an I think it averaged nine points a game more than it did last season and like ninety yards. I mean that's an enormous leap. So that's cool to see. But uh, but but keeping micro real quick. Um, how about so you're gonna have to help me with his name, Aslan. God love him. But Fitzgerald could only kick the field goals because he was hurt. He was limping after every kick. Yes. So he toughed it out, which was great to see. Yeah. Who was the who was our backup that was kicking Mac. the touchbacks at the end of the game? Mac. Mac Schimento. So Mac I Schimento. told y'all about that kid. He did. I, he did. I couldn't remember I couldn't remember his name. I'm sorry, Mac. Uh, you're the man. But man, in practice, he booms the bejesus out of the ball. And I'm like, that's a pretty good kickoff specialist now. because uh, he's the backup punter, right? Correct. But he's got a great leg. Uh, as you saw, so the first kick he went out there, and man, it might have gone to the twelve. And you saw what that kid was doing. I mean, that's Etienne back there, man. He's a weapon. And I think the last three kicks that Mac had were touchbacks, including a couple that were six, seven, eight yards deep. In that moment, that kid had never kicked anywhere close to an environment like that. And I know you can say, "Oh, yeah, it's a kickoff, big deal." It is a huge deal. You can lose games if you kick a laser right down the middle of the field, or like Florida did when it was 38-38, kick it out of bounds. My man kicked touchbacks, and that's cool. To, again, rising up, you know, he doesn't have a lot of duties on this team. That was cool to, for him in his moment to get some touchbacks. It's, it's little things like that, that that can win these close games or yeah. lose them if you're Florida. Max Schimento, stand up, Seabreeze. Mm. You might have thought that was the Zaxby indescribably good player of the week, but not, not yet. Not quite. Not quite. All right, so state champs, Corey, first time since 2016. Yeah. Five-game win streak, longest since 2016. Uh, Miami absolutely in shambles. Florida maybe yeah. a little bit more of a game opponent than you thought they were. Uh, but this offense meeting the challenge, you know, I, I say challenge almost kind of sarcastically because who are we to, to put forth, uh, you know, challenges to Mike Norvell in the offense. But, you know, you talked about the amount of points they scored last year to this season. I mean, they last year – Scoring offense, 74th in the country, 27.6 points per game. Uh, they are 18th right now, 36.2. I mean, almost an enti entire touch. I mean, more than a touchdown. Almost a touchdown and an extra point better, which you tell most teams, hey, you're going to score an extra touchdown. Uh, you would see this kind of result. It's just the, the way they've made it look so effortless at times. The way they've also, when it's been – Louis, sorry, Louisville, and you're down to your backup quarterback, and you're able to make big plays. You see a guy like Johnny Wilson step up. You see him step up the way he did in that last drive against Florida. Man, no matter where you want to bring the game, if you're an opposing defense, if you want to, if you want to muck it up, if you want to really have to make Florida State roll up their sleeves, man, they can play physical. If you're yeah. going to be, you know, a little tentative, they will, they will jump down your throat, and. Jordan Travis is obviously the, the trigger man behind all this, Corey. We think he's going to come back. He didn't really answer the question. Shout out to him. Good job. He's got the PR part of being a professional down pat. Uh, only, there's no, like, I don't want to say there's no moving back. There's no looking back. But it feels like something catastrophic would have to happen for this offense to take a step back and not be a top 20 offense moving forward. Because I know a lot of it is Jordan, man. I'm not taking anything away from Jordan. But, man, this offensive line has come so has come such a far away. They've identified good guys in the portal, and they went and got them, and they've integrated them in the offense. And Johnny and Micah weren't exactly, you know, Jamison Williams or, or a Jordan Addison, and there's sort of, you know, bidding wars going on for them. Now that you've put this together and you stack another one and it's 10 wins and you start recruiting at an even a higher level, 
I mean, I don't know. <laughs> are you going to be 2013 FSU all the time? Are we? Is the vacuum now being formed by Clemson? You, we can be a Clemson. We can take over this conference. I'm talking. I'm rambling too much, Corey. This offense just—it seems like man, they've got it figured out. And with this guy, Mike Norvell and Jordan Travis, even if Jordan leaves, it's always going to be humming along, man. This is what they'll be. This is what they'll do. 475 yards total offense, 14th best in the country. Again, 36.2 points, 18th best in the country. Yeah, I think that's the next the next thing we'll know about this program and this offense is how much is it because of Jordan Travis and how much of it is because it's the offense and it runs itself. I, I don't think it's there yet. I think they don't win that game if yeah, you're right, you're right. Th- there's another quarterback that's playing in that game. Uh, look, and that's the thing. I, I thought, you know, there were times where I felt like the offensive line was getting pushed around. That it did it didn't dominate. It didn't kind of dictate terms like it has – uh, the last four weeks. And again, you can say, yeah, they were playing bad. The, the Florida, Florida's defense gets pushed around by everyone. They didn't get pushed around. They, they didn't get pushed around much by the Florida state offensive line in terms of running plays, but you hit enough big plays and you've got a quarterback. They couldn't tackle. Yeah. And so even when you think, man, I don't, I don't feel like Florida state's offense is humming like it should. Um, you know, they're, they, they ran for what? 240, you know, or whatever it was, 230, threw for 270. And, Johnny Wilson drops a touchdown pass. Cam McDonald drops a first down that would have probably led to another touchdown. That's 11 points. That's 10 points right there, 11 points you didn't get. So you probably could have had 56 points in that game. That's what's so remarkable to me about this offense is that, it, they, it, like you said, it, it just they make it look so effortless where you're like lamenting, man, come on, Johnny, catch a ball. Or Kentron, you could have made that catch. Or Cam, that's a big drop right there. We're, we're leaving all these points on the ball. Oh, yeah, we got 45 anyway. Yeah, it feels like a punishable offense. It's like, hey, man, not every team scores on every possession, and when they don't score on a possession, you almost feel cheated. It feels weird. It feels like hey, they just made a mistake, right. even when they're not mauling the defensive line in front of them. Like, they, you know, that 21's a big dude. <laughs> Tough to get him out of the way. They had some players, and, they you know, Benson had some really nice runs. He also had a lot of zero and one-yard runs, but he had enough big ones, especially late, that, uh, that, that you had 230 yards rushing and then you had Jordan Travis. So I think whenever it is, hopefully it's not until 2024, when we see what this offense is like with Jordan, without Jordan Travis, I'll be, I'll be very, very confident. Because like, it'll be like the same thing with Tennessee, right? Like I think we, all, we, we probably all assume Tennessee's offense is going to be very good next year without Hinton Hooker. Well, but, but we don't know for sure. we got to see it. They walloped uh, Vanderbilt with the backup. I know it's Vanderbilt, but hey, Vanderbilt you know, beat Kentucky, beat Florida, and then they, yeah. looked, they looked like Vanderbilt again against Tennessee. Well, offense. they did. Wasn't that something? Yeah. Um, so, so, but overall with this offense, uh, it's been uh, just an incredible rise. As Kenny Dillingham famously said, it's like bamboo growing. And the, it's going to the sun right now. It's been a it's been a, a crazy growth. I mean, this bamboo is out of control. It's all over the place. It's like Nam in '68. Nothing. But I mean, it's everywhere, Aslan. Um, so that that's been really really cool to see because I didn't think that was coming. I thought they'd have a good offense, pretty good offense. I I know those numbers say they're 14th or 18th. I bet if you looked in Power Five, they're probably top 10. And then if you look on PFF, they have like the fifth best offense efficiency-wise in the country. Um, they've just been incredible. They have, I think they've had two three and outs in the last four games. I mean, come on, man. That's nuts. So good to see. Good to see. Fun season, everyone. Fun season, gang. Uh, I was trying to get it to the power. For some reason, I can never like. On if the you f- just go to the results that look down and then you can oh, right. just count so, who's not a power five team. Uh, like eighth because they're tied for ninth and oh. it's only air force is the only non-power and byu okay there you go so they're tied with ucla minnesota ohio state georgia southern cal washington oregon state shout out beavers uh with yeah. the civil war so you know <laughs> i'm talking about yeah they're gonna be all right to see the matter if jordan leaves and then you quickly you know are like well let's let's be let's let's relax there which i think you Made a very valid point. Does it make it all that much more crucial? Not only for 2023, obviously. You'll be the best you can possibly be if he comes back. But to also give you like that gap year almost to do another cycle of really good recruiting, portal and also prep yeah. to bring him back yep. uh, so that when he does leave, because he'll have to leave eventually, everybody, then you certainly 
will have enough talent and will be positioned good enough that if you have a above-average quarterback and maybe not an exceptional quarterback, you can win at a good rate in this conference. Absolutely. I, I think that's where you're going. I think you see what this offense looks like when it's clicking on all cylinders. And, and you brought up a really good point a few minutes ago about now let's see what the portal offers. Like, you know, I, I, wrote, a, I wrote a column that'll be on, that's on the website by the time people are listening to this about, like, you know, they, Jared Verse was from Albany. Now, he was, a, he was the biggest name recruit they got. But Johnny Wilson, I think Oregon State was the only other team that reached out before Florida State. Micah Pittman hadn't done a whole lot. Um, you know, they, they, it's not like they got all these ready-made. Trey Benson had six carries, and I guarantee you nobody in Oregon was heartbroken that that dude left. Nobody. Um, and then look at them now. Like, that's what's so, that's what's so encouraging and, and kind of exciting about the future is, okay, now that, now that they've shown what they can do with just an upgrade, not to NFL first or second round talent, but just to competent college football players. What are they going to look like when they get that special exceptional talent, which could very well be coming here soon? Like if you were a if you were a playmaker, wouldn't you want to go be in an offense built for playmakers, Aslan? And with that quarterback, and, man, you know it's and but think about like when you when you're in another school right now and you we all heard it that's an offense built for playmakers. He's been saying it since 2019 when he when he took the job, but uh, December of 2019, it, it, it's proven now. Look at this man. I, you know I think you I don't know what you have 12, 14 guys that scored touchdowns. You probably had 15 guys that had at least a 20 yard play. Malik McLean has a huge play. Trey Benson, Ward, Toa Feely, Cam McDonald, like on and on. It is, if you're a guy that, that can beat one-on-one -on -one coverage, it's a really fun offense to play in. In that pond, that lake is going to be so much bigger now to fish out of that they could get Jordan Addison types. Maybe not a Blitnikoff Award winner, but maybe a Blitnikoff Award finalist. Yeah. That's where they are now, man. So that's what I think is cool is thinking about what kind of talent they're going to attract now that they had this kind of season. Yeah, you know, again, like a, I don't, it hasn't worked out for Alabama, but Jermaine Burton left the national champion, the reigning national champs, to go to Tuscaloosa to catch passes from that guy, from Bryce Young. Um, Bryce Young, a little bit different, different machine than than Jordan. You know, you're going to get probably a lot more uh, passes thrown your way, but still, I mean, this offense, they'll find ways to get you the ball. The whole, you know, built for playmaker thing. So I, I am curious because we went into the season again, like conventional wisdom was, you know. These recruits, at least high school kids, need to see, you know, proof of concept or whatever. They need to see in in actual action on Saturdays, Fridays as well here, clearly, Sundays too, this team go out and perform and play well, and they have. But we, again, there's been a little bit of a lag, at least when it comes to getting high school kids to jump on because so many of them had already kind of made up their mind going into the season. Uh, you know, I, I just wonder if they can maybe close out stronger these next two weeks. But I think for the portal, absolutely, man. And maybe, again, I, I think we thought the portal was a Band-Aid, a temporary fix until eventually you can training wheels and then you take them off and then you're just getting five stars back in here left and right. But I don't know, man. I think you're always, always, always going to be looking to get guys in here that are already ready to go that you think fit, you know, fit in family and check all those boxes. And now you're going to be, again, fishing and probably in a little bit of a different pond, man. Um, and if, and shoot, even if they don't bring in the Blitnikoff, you know, semi-finalist, finalist, again, they show what they can do by bringing in the right pieces. They've, they've evaluated and brought in the right guys. And um, that's, that's, that's another key thing, too. Obviously, we can talk about now they have maybe a better product to sell. Cool, for sure. But I think they've demonstrated to us enough that they can evaluate talent. And that's something that, you usually don't lose. Jimbo lost it for some reason. It's usually a skill that you don't lose. It doesn't deteriorate unless the sport radically changes, which, you know, I don't know how much more evolution there is left in the offensive game for football, but um, there's well positioned now. And I really am kind of anxious to see what's going to happen come, what, December 5th, Corey? It opens up? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I think it's going to be – I mean, I just think Florida State fans should be really excited now. It's not fun to think about, okay, you're probably losing Jamie, you're probably losing Fabian, you're probably losing Jared. Um, that The defense has to be remade. Um, if the offense comes back intact, 
Maybe you get a guy, a special player here and there. Also, remember, you're getting Winston Wright. Yeah. Um, you know, you're getting the guy that was the, the most highly sought after, most accomplished offensive transfer you had yep. that didn't even play a snap. So it's like getting another guy in the portal there with him. But you've got to reload the defense. Um, and and I, I again, I think you'll have a very good chance to do just that. I think Florida, I mean, if, if people were watching that game on Friday night, and a lot of people were, that atmosphere, that team, the way they fight, the way they sort of kind of cheer, just the way they are around each other, I don't know how you wouldn't want to be a part of that. Um, so they, they will they will need to reload on defense um, and maybe sprinkle in a player here or there if the right pieces come back, right? Like, I, I'm saying this all assuming Trey Benson comes back and Johnny Wilson comes back and, and everybody else comes back. Um, Man, just Jordan. Go, I don't. I don't want to diminish what Trey's done. They'll be all right. I think they'll be all right at running back if he leaves. It'll be, you know, they'll take a step yes. back maybe. But I mean, I don't even know. I yeah, maybe they would take a step back and like one like individual ta most talented player depth kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But even still, man, is the running game going to take a step back? Right. Like I am all aboard. I am all in that this offensive staff. You are going to average 215 yards a game rushing, no matter who is back there. Rodney Hill might run for 850 yards next year. That would not stun me at all. Uh, Ward might come back and run for 800. Like, it's just, this is this is what this I think this offense is. Um, I, even last year when they were struggling, they had four straight games of 200 yards rushing. And now this year they have seven against some, you know, pretty solid defenses. And they um, knew it. So, and, like, Florida knew what was coming. You can maybe argue the teams matter. beforehand. Maybe Louisiana wasn't equipped for it. But Syracuse was probably equipped for it. Miami kind of knew what was coming. Florida knew what was coming. It doesn't it, matter. It, none of it. It doesn't matter. The only team that really kind of stopped Florida State from doing what it wanted to do, running the ball, was LSU to a certain extent early, yeah. and then Wake Forest. Yeah. And that was just because it was a weird, goofy game, and you kept giving up points, and I think Norvell kind of maybe panicked a little bit about trying to get some points back right away. Jordan had the turnover, and you got so far down, you had you felt like you had to throw a lot. Um, but other than that, you you ran on anybody. You ran you run it will you ran at will against everyone. And again, I this needs to be stressed with not a supremely talented offensive line. It's a good offensive line, and it's extremely well coached. And those guys try really hard. Maybe one or two of them will make an NFL roster. Maybe. But now imagine getting some. Maybe these guys that are behind them are in a, are NFL talents. They are second or third round picks in the league. And you've got three or four NFL linemen running this offense in front of these playmakers, uh, man. And I'm talking about like two, three, four years from now. Uh, that that's what gets you really excited. That okay, this offense is built for the long term, um, and that's why I think this program is probably built for the long term. That, nothing about this season seemed fluky. Nothing. It, you you just beat you beat teams, and you you dominated a lot of them. And that just nothing about it seemed fluky. The clutch shot, the biggest hit. It's time for the Zaxby's Indescribably Good Player of the Week. You heard the man. Time for the Zaxby's Indescribably Good Player of the Week. I'm going to start with uh, Jarian Jones. That's my pick, Corey. Shout out to Mississippi. McGee, Mississippi stand-up. Also, just an absolute all-time post-game press conference from Jarian. Check it out. Uh, but he graded out at 80, the number one highest grade of any defensive player, starter, or whomever in that game, an absolutely incredible interception, just fantastic hands, uh, pass breakup later on in the game. Uh, nobody, corner PFF, no passes completed towards him. And our guy, again, he said, I've been, I've been reading what y'all said on Twitter. I don't know if he's talking about you folks listening to this or the people that write and put stuff on Twitter. But uh, he saw it, he delivered. So I'm going to give it to Jarian, man. What a, what a good performance out of him. I put him really high in my preseason top 40. Probably did not live up. To those expectations still, but what a time to have probably your best game in your collegiate career against the Gators. Shout out Jarian Jones. Yeah, he was aggressive in that press conference. Yeah. Like, and I was like, man, did I write? I didn't write anything about him. I don't remember having even an opinion about him. I, was, I, other than I hope he plays well. I've been wrong about a lot of stuff, Jarian, but I never said anything bad about you, so I hope you weren't looking at me, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. And you know he's an avid listener to this show. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't us, Jarian. It was not us. We've always been on your side, buddy. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I'm going to be predictable. Uh, but when you win that game, 
uh, and score 45 points and your quarterback does what he does, I have to go with Jordan Travis. Uh, some of that stuff literally was indescribable uh, that he was doing. And remember, he was 13 of 30 with, what, at least five drops, maybe six, including a touchdown and probably 60 or 70 yards worth of drops on top of the 85 yards rushing he had. And, you know, two or three kind of scores. I don't know what was going on there with those reviews. Um, but th- those were, I mean, again, he just got him out of so many bad plays um, because he's a he's a freak athlete. And it was cool to be reminded of that. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, he can really run. He's as, he's as good as just about anybody else running the ball in the country. He just doesn't have to do it anymore as much anymore because he's so good at everything else. He can beat you with his arm and his mind now and not just with his athleticism. But what he needs you be... When he needs to beat you with his athleticism, oh, yeah, he can call on that, too. That's right. Jarian Jones, Jordan Travis, our Zaxby's indescribably good players of the week. Let's go a little no huddle here. Let's uh, also shout out some other great athletes for Florida State. Tania Latson, who you've been pumping up here on the program recently, Corey. Uh, women's basketball teams off to quite a good start this season. And Tania was uh, the Cancun Challenge Mayan MVP. So that's awesome. 88-57 yeah, yeah. win to, to close things out there against Harvard. So, she's one that could play at South Carolina. She's one that could play at yeah. UConn. She's probably the most talented player they've ever had in the program. Uh, good day, good week to meet Michael Alford. Your soccer hires doing good enough. They're back to the College Cup. Florida State wins 1-0 to against Arkansas. Uh, so that means they're now in the College Cup, which is what, the last four teams, Corey, if I'm not mistaken? There you go, Aslan. You know yeah. your stuff. Yeah, it's the final four of uh, soccer. They call yeah. it the College Cup. Yeah, and then obviously the state championship uh, the guys got with the uh, the football team, so that was good. Um, Basketball another, team, we don't even need to talk about it. Yeah, not right now. They'll they'll bounce back, and if they don't, I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll get maybe in February. We'll talk about where you got to go from here, but we're not we're right, not there yet. Right. We got bowls and stuff to worry about. All right, I know. Listen, I think there's I think it's a silent majority. I'm going to go Richard Nixon on this. I think it's a silent majority on this. So I'm not even going to say it's an, it's unpopular. But it can still be unpopular, but it could still be the majority's belief here. Right, Corey? Something can be unpopular, but the majority of people can be behind it, right? Okay. Technically. I, I mean, I don't know if that's exactly how those words work definition-wise. Well, but Well, the president, whatever president wins, he could be unpopular, but he still mm. won, you know? Okay, I got gotcha. you. He got the more votes yeah. or whatever. Yeah, but he's only he only got like 46% of the vote. Right. He didn't get 55. Right. I, okay, all right, yeah. I got there you. Was no, there wasn't a plurality. Yeah, I, okay. I don't know what we're doing there, guys. I, I don't like I don't like us running on the field. I saw Texas oh. Tech run on the field. Okay. And right. I'm like, we we look like them. We look like Lubbockites. Lubbockites. We look like Lubbockers running on the field. They only had six wins, everybody. You can be happy. You can show joy in all sorts of great ways. We don't we don't storm the field here. We don't do it. We only did it one other time and it was well, maybe not one other time, but the last time we did it was beating an undefeated Florida team and punching your ticket to a national title game. So right. let's be a little bit more judicious in the use of that. My phone, everybody's super excited, but yeah. then it's all it was all like, LOL, can't believe we stormed the field. SMH, what are we doing? So I, you know, I think it's in a 51-49 split. I'm sure there's people like, Aslan, you know, stop shaking your fist at the sky, yelling at clouds. Uh, I, I, don't, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. Everything else was so, good, though. I'll I'll uh retort. Re- Want to retort? No, no, I'm not at all. I don't disagree with you. I, I'm gonna. Re- uh, it's the sentiment that I had uh, at the at the. We all we also did a keg stand. We had a the, your favorite media company folks had people out there doing funnels in a keg stand uh, after beating a six yeah. and six Florida team. So understand that we the the standards have been lowered a little bit around here. Um, now again, it wasn't because they beat Florida that we did a keg stand. Understand it was it was we said if they won the last five to finish nine and three that would be worthy of a great celebration considering the darkness that this program has been in so that was why we did it that said as i said on that show outside of at, at corner pocket on the on the patio it's a pretty good setup aslan yeah, we, we might yeah. need to do that next year just out on the patio it was really I'm neat all, i'm all about outdoors but um, fresco this is the last time we do something like this for a nine win season you know what I mean? I think the floor has been raised to where this is now expected. We don't do keg stands. We don't do hour funnels, number twos. None of that. Toast champagnes. Th- yeah, hour number twos. Storm the field yeah. unless it's getting you into the playoff okay. or, a, or a spot in the ACC championship game or something worth storming the field for. Or, like, say you beat, you won on a, like, Georgia Southern, if you saw the end of their game when they threw a crazy pass in overtime to win. 
on a last play. I can understand the excitement bubbling over and you go storm the field. But I also, it's like, I'm, I, it's 19-year-olds jumping onto the field. And then other 19-year-olds, six rows behind them going, man, that looks kind of fun. They're not stopping them. I'll go on the field. That looks neat. And then that's how it starts. Um, so it's not like... It was organic. It wasn't premeditated. Well, not only that, but it's like it wasn't so much, oh my gosh, we beat Florida. What a huge win for this night, this Friday night. It was a it was a celebration of the season, and it was also 19-year-olds wanting to have fun and be goofy on the football field. Okay. Next time, maybe the cops can not let them on the field. All right. You know, yeah. Maybe we could have like a... Some shoving matches back and forth. That would be fun, right? Uh, but yeah, so that's, I think that's more of what it was, man, right? Like just yeah. um, yes. kids, the, the, it, was, it probably was 17 kids that jumped on the field. And once the, the, the 9,000 behind them saw it, they're like, I'm going to go do that. I kids in my biochem class. I'm going down there too. Stuff like that. I think that's how it, that's how it happened. It wasn't, I don't think it's embarrassing. I just think it was goofy, and it needs to be the last time it happens. Unless, like you said, you're beating Florida because you're about to you punched a ticket to the playoff. Which, by the way, if the 12 team playoff was in effect this year, uh, buddy, we'd be watching those conference championship games with some <laughs> bated breath, with a yeah. with a magnifying glass, man. Yeah, they're up to 14th, I think, in these latest polls. At least the coaches. Uh, yeah, and I think they'll. I think that's where they'd be in the college football poll too. Maybe 13th. Yeah. But then Think about that, folks. That's what I'm trying to say about why this 12-team playoff will be so much fun. You had a three-game losing streak in the middle of your season, and you still played so well late that if there was a 12-team playoff, you might have played your way into the the play the, an actual postseason playoff opportunity. That's cool, man. That that's cool for this sport. Yeah. So let's hope they get it done sooner rather than later. Well, yes, and also Dabo lost, which was great. Yeah, because the unfortunate thing is I don't I don't know how many times a 12 seed. I don't know how they're going to do it if you get to buy the first four teams and then everybody else matches up or whatever. But there, no one looks unbeatable. There is no juggernaut. There is no 2019 Joe Burrow. There is no 2013 Jameis Winston. 2020 um, Alabama. Man, everybody looks beatable, and it'd be really cool. I think. I think even Desmond Howard or maybe Kirk Herbstreet said uh, going into game day on Saturday after seeing Florida win, they're like, man, this is a team you would not want to play right now. And I, I don't know how often you know this sort of thing would line up. It's unfortunate that's not, but we can obviously enjoy just how far we have come. Yeah, and Clemson loses. Uh, DJ Uyunglele, there's no way he's a starting quarterback for them next year. I mean, I don't even know what loyalty is going to get you there, Dabo. Cool, I guess. You know, he'll, yeah, he'll always yeah, that like was, you. That, that was not great. And okay. that's why, again, when people gave me a little bit of grief because I was so hard on the defense after the Clemson game, that's what bothered me is I knew that kid had a game like that in him. I knew he wasn't as good as he was playing. I knew if you played solid to good defense, um, we didn't he expose could shrink him. in the moment. He, he, he was, yeah, he was he not was exposed. exposed. You're right. He was yep, ripe to be absolutely. exposed. We did not. Florida State yep. was not the team to do it, which is a bummer. Uh, Willie Taggart let go down at FAU. That probably brings to the end of his head coaching career here, which is crazy to think about just how high he had descended and how quickly uh, it's kind of all come undone for him. Uh, Lane Kiffin's going to stay in Ole Miss, apparently. Mm -hmm. Auburn might go after Hugh Freeze, but there's a pushback. Yeah. Who knows what's going on there? Kenny goes to Arizona State. Um, and I wonder how many of those jobs, at least, you know, Maybe Auburn and, and Arizona say when you want to talk about going to the transfer portal and finding guys that might get lost in the wash here. Um, I wish there was like maybe another good job or two out there that was open because then you could maybe sneak in and pull guys away. But um, Nebraska gets Matt Rule. Maybe that'll finally get them back on the right track. Yeah. Uh, as Georgia, Georgia Tech hasn't made any decision. I, I don't know. I mean, no, the rumors are Tulane. They're going to go after the Tulane head coach. Oh, because he was at George yep. Southern for a minute, old Willie Fritz. Yeah. Yep. Well, shoot, if they go after. Was Alex at Tulane for a minute before he went to uh, Charlotte? He was, yeah. He used to be at Tulane. And listen, you know, you talked about it, and you were right. You know, when that job came open, I think Flores say was like five and three or six and three at that point. And you're yeah. like, well, you know, who's going to want to come after an offensive coordinator that's not calling plays and they're you know 45th in the country or whatever they were at that point? I wonder if he looks more, you know, marketable or more of a. Uh, practical sort of hire if something like that opens in the group of five level but we think what you stick around here you see what happened to kenny just maybe be patient 
and then you can get a nice power five job if you hang around here long enough, and by long enough, like another year or two. Yeah, if, if I'm Alex Atkins, yes, especially if Jordan Travis comes back. Look, it all so much hinges on that. Um, I just think the every feeling going into the and look, you would you would be fine-ish if he left because you feel like you'd get somebody in the portal. I don't know that you want to go into next season with Rodemaker, Brock Glenn, and AJ Duffy. That's a lot of unproven. There's going to be a quarterback out there that would die to play in this system, but if he comes back. You're guaranteed, in my opinion, of having one of the best offenses in the United States. So ride that out for another year, and then you don't have to go to Tulane to get your first head coaching job. You can get a head coaching job at a Power 5 school, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah they might come after Alex Atkins. I, man, I, I don't know. Like, so the guy that just won big at Tulane is now going to Georgia Tech. I feel like Alex Atkins could skip a step. And just go from Florida State to Georgia Tech. Yeah, you know, so, uh, Georgia, right. a similar school, a similar program to Georgia Tech. If he stayed at Florida State for another year, but that might just be me wishful thinking because I like the guy. He's doing a great job. He's fun to talk to. If you're Dion, would you go to USF or FAU? No. I think no. I mean, uh, I mean, I just don't know if winning at the FCS level will get you a Power Five job. That feels a little bit unprecedented, like a good Power Five job. Because I don't, yeah, yeah I, don't I mean, think, you might be right. I don't know where where he would go in the Northeast. Like, I don't think the Big Ten footprint is gonna go after him. I don't know how many programs in the Southeast, like major heavy hitters, would go after him. If Georgia Tech's gonna pass on him, that seemed like that one might have been a good one for him. Uh, even the Big Twelve footprint, I don't know how much of his time with his prime prep academy in Texas. Kind of might be maybe soured coaches, and that would affect his ability to get hired. Uh, you know, in the, the states that border Texas as well. Um, apparently, like my brother keeps telling me, that John Gruden wants a USF job. I think I'd rather have I mean, Prime be, than John Gruden. Yeah. All right, okay, that's well, just good for him. I right, get him back in the spotlight after a, a pretty gross end to his. Uh, where was he coaching? Was he the Raiders coach yeah. when all that yeah. nonsense came yeah. out? Or do you nonsense go to F- as in the stuff he did was nonsense, yeah. not that it was nonsense that he was fired. Or do you go to FAU and you end up winning Conference USA and then you can get a Power 5? I mean, that's what Lane did. You know, Lane went FAU to Ole Miss, went to the SEC, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you could. I just feel like that's going to be another – I think Dion would rather go from Jackson State to, to the, the Colorado, time, Colorado. Another would you go to, I'd go to Colorado. There's a report out there that Colorado reached out to him. I'd go to Colorado. Yeah, I mean, if I was yeah, sure. I mean, he'd get players there, and maybe they'd be good. And it's the Pac-12. It's not impossible to win, win out there. But hey, this isn't wake up, Dion. Well, you know, well, you know what I mean. We're, we don't have to sit there and talk about Dion for the for the last five minutes of the show. Let's oh. talk about how fun basketball this team? season basketball was. Team. Absolutely not. Okay. No chance. We're talking about that team. Um, where are you at bowl wise? You still all in on Jacksonville? You that's where Jacksonville? I want to be. That's where I want to be. But I just. Again, it, it dawned on me while we were sitting there being idiots at Corner Pocket on Saturday, like, and we had so many people there. Um, and then also, you you know, we all meet we we meet people just walking into the stadium. So many people I met uh, at Indigo. I met uh, I'm so bad at names. Oh, well, Mike, speak, speaking of which, Mike, uh, okay, Mike from Mike. Ocala, I think, who had a, a Florida friend with him. He was very nice. Very, I took a picture with him. Very, very nice guy. Um, overly too nice. Um, West from the Villages was there. James B, obviously. Shane and Michelle. Eric Angel's doing keg stands. And then uh, Vishal uh, w- was also at the at the Vishal. thing. Vishal. Yeah, man. Yeah, he shows up, man. He's he a does. pillar. Yeah. And he was at the uh, um, he was at Indigo, I think, but he definitely okay. was at CP for the, for the keg. And it's like, man, it just dawned on me how this whole fan base needed a season like this. Yeah, it's not yeah. 1993. I get it. They're not the best program in the country. And, yeah, it's goofy that you storm the field for Florida. But, man, doesn't it feel good to feel good again? Yeah. Doesn't it feel good to wake up on a Saturday morning and just watch other teams lose or win <laughs> and know that you have a nine-win team that's going to a pretty good bowl and you feel really good about the future? Like, it's just been so long. We were in the wilderness, in the dark, in the depths of the ocean for so long, and now we've risen up. Um, and that's that's what I think is just really, uh, really – that that dawned on me while that so many people would come watch us be idiots and and drink beer out of a out of a keg uh, and and drink champagne. I, we we toasted the season. I bought champagne because I'm a nice guy. Actually, I should say Stephanie bought the champagne. I, okay. I haven't paid her back for it yet. All right. But that's that, that's that to me is what dawned on me, and that's a really cool thing. That's why that that win was so important. Finish it off, win the state championship, nine wins. That was an awesome night to cap a really fun season. 
Shout out to Grant and Justin, who I think I saw outside the stadium before the game when I was trying to find my buddy Mike. And then after the game, bumped into a Scott and Denise driving out. They were very excited. Mm -hmm. Shout out to them. And then when I was actually waiting with my buddy Mike uh, to grab brunch on Saturday, I think the name, I'm, he said April, and I asked my buddy Mike, I'm like, what did he say his name was? He said April. Um, he said he loved he loved the show. That was cool because I was hanging out in front like a place and my buddy sees that, you know, he's not the only person that likes me. There's other people out there. So uh, shout out to April. Probably got your name wrong, though. Sorry about that. Last thing, not Florida State related because that's what we do on Mondays for the last five minutes. Three loss LSU beats Georgia. Does that keep the SEC out of the playoff? Or do you still put Georgia in ahead of Ohio State? Oh, Georgia. So I think Georgia and Michigan are in, and TCU are all in no matter what happens. I think it depends on what – if USC wins, beats Utah, they're in. If they don't, Ohio State's in. Okay. You can't make an argument for any other scenario. What's Alabama's best win? I legitimately don't know what it is. Um, so – yeah. You know, Ohio Ole State Miss at the time, but Ole Miss obviously isn't I, at that the great. time. That doesn't yeah. matter. But we don't do we don't play that game, do we? Um, so they don't have a good win. You can't put them in as a two loss team. Georgia would lose to LSU. All right, well that's there's still one loss. Um, so yeah, I, I would think that. And honestly, I, I think Michigan should be ahead of Georgia. Um, I think Michigan's been the most impressive team all year. I think that was easily the best win of the season by anyone. Um, and so I would put I would put Michigan at one, and then uh, Georgia two. I just want to whoever if, else TCU if, if, USC Ohio State. If it's Michigan Georgia TCU Southern Cal, I want to see Georgia Southern Cal. I, I think like they need to see two best it. quarterbacks in the country dueling it out. <laughs> Pretty much, they need to seed it to where I get it. TCU is going to be you know clean. So, uh, but like, don't reward Michigan and then give them Southern Cal. Like, put Southern Cal ahead of TCU so Georgia gets them. Sorry, right. that's okay. That, yeah, that's right. just okay. That's how I believe. The real question, do. Aslan, and we'll talk about it this week. Maybe we'll take even suggestions from people. Okay, is who do I vote for to win the Heisman? I mean, thought Caleb pretty much made his case, but that's fine. I get. All right, well then, fine. Let's have a vote for him. I great Lincoln Riley, another another Lincoln Riley quarterback, won a Heisman. That's weird. Can we just give him the Heisman and quit all the nonsense? Like just a permanent a permanent Heisman to Lincoln Riley. Um, but then who's two and three? Max Duggan, I mean, the kid from TCU, I don't even know his stats, but, man, they've come back and won games. So and that, how much of a homer am I if I give Jordan Travis a vote? How many slots do you get? You get what three. You, three? You get three. So I'm not – CJ Stroud, I guess. Bryce Young's already won it. He's not going to win it again. Yeah. But, like, I saw somebody, I think it was Stuart Mandel, was like, okay, so-and-so loses, yeah. so-and-so loses. Is Stetson Bennett in the race now? And I'm like, are you effing nuts? I mean, that's crazy because he's on the best team in the country. You think that guy's a better player than Jordan Travis? Well, it's, that's the way it's been. I, you're right. You're totally right, Corey. You are absolutely right. All right. 30 touchdowns total, four turnovers. Took a team that was 3-6 and six two years ago. And now they're 9-3 and three, um, and, and dominated some games. Like, he's I, – I bet if you ask Florida defenders, they'd say, yeah, he's probably one of the better players in the United States. I don't think it's too homerish to give my guy a vote. Plus – what if he? What if it? Uh, what if he sees that he finishes? I don't know. If he gets one vote, I think he'd get more than that, honestly. But say I'm the only person that vote for, votes for him, and he finishes whatever that would make him finish 16th in the Heisman voting. Does that does that give him a little juice to maybe? Man, I'm gonna. I don't want to be 16th. I want to be one. People know me. People have taken notice. I need to come back and win the Heisman because I do think that's a real selling point with him. And I know it's been a long show. We got to go. But that's. I think that's a real selling point with him is that game on Friday night, he did deliver. He is now a household name in this country. Um, he, he's beaten two SEC teams. He'd probably get a chance to beat a third uh, this year. And I, I think you come back and you have a real chance at a, a Heisman candidacy. Yeah. I do, not to win it. Right. I mean, he could, but his name will be mentioned to he's start the, the season. Board. He's yeah, going to be, he might win the ACC player of the year. Yeah, I was going to ask you, I think if the coaches voted on that, I think he probably would win. I don't think the pit running back would win. I think his name probably echoes around enough in ACC circles because even when teams are – even the teams that aren't playing Florida State but they're watching their opponent play Florida State, like, wow, man, glad we don't have to play that quarterback, you know? Yeah, I, and I think even with the media voting for it, I think it's going to be really close, man. I think quarterback is a bigger deal. I think Drake may uh, poop in the bed the last two weeks like he did open the door for Jordan Travis. And I think Jordan Travis finishing with a five-game winning streak, even in their losses, playing pretty well. 
um, and then dominating a game on national television against a rival, I think that might give him a chance to be the ACC Player of the Year. And that's really cool, man, to come from where he came from to be the ACC Player of the Year. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be stunned. I'd say it's probably either him or the pit running back. Um, by the way, great effort, Miami. Mm. It's fun to watch. Last five winners of the ACC Player of the Year award. Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson twice, Trevor Etienne. No, it was Travis Etienne, sorry, twice. Trevor Lawrence, Kenny Pickett. So, Jordan Travis. That's what I we like do it, in this man. conference. I like it. That's what yep. we do in this conference, man. Just, yep. Just develop some, some good dudes. All right, I don't know how many more shows we're going to do this week because they're okay. not practicing. I think they get the week off. Um, right. We won't know the bowl game until Saturday, maybe. Sunday will be official, but Saturday night we probably – uh, we'll have an idea. So at least, you know, by the time we talk next Monday, we'll know. But we'll do at least a show or two in the interim. Maybe not and five I think there week. will be some uh, – There, no. Yeah, come on, guys. Give us a break. But also, I think there there will be some news this week. Uh, so stay tuned to WarChant. Get on WarChant because there will be breaking news, whether it's uh, transfers committing. The transfer portal starts next week. But also, guys from this team will declare that they're leaving or staying. Um, maybe coaching changes or hires or whatever. Like, there's going to be some news. This is the this is the news breaking. Uh, it's a hot stretch stove. for college football. Yeah, quick. It's like yeah, the, it's the hot the microwave. Exactly right. The hot microwave because it's a shorter, mm. smaller time window. Sam yeah. McCall minus three hundred. The field plus one fifty. On, uh, I'm just joking. We won't do that. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Great. That's a wrap for is us. Is that on here. my bookie? <laughs> You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere over there. Not sure the first player on Florida State team or the portal would be on there. Uh, but stay connected to WarChant.com. Plenty of content up on the website, including Irish OFL's 3-2-1, Corey's column, as he mentioned. A Jeff Cameron show, 1 to 3 o'clock. Pretty sure there's probably going to be a montage. So you're not going to want to miss it. 93.3 FM, 1 to 3 o'clock. For Corey, I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up WarChant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.